Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host, Joe Milmine, and this is episode 71, Lace Knits. Hello and welcome into another episode of the Shiny Bees podcast. It is episode 71. It's cracking on a bit now in the old episode numbers and I'm back again with you for some knitting chatter. I hope you're all well since last time I spoke to you on the podcast. It feels like I've been podcasting constantly for about a week, uh, which has been fun. It's always good to catch up with you and find out what you've been doing and share a little bit of nitty love with you as well. So how are you? I hope you have been well since last time and you are getting well into your beaded knitting if you're joining in with the bead along. If you are a new listener, welcome. I hope you'll enjoy what you find here. And if you are a returning listener, welcome back. It is wonderful to have you with me again. So what do I have for you in today's show? Well, given that the last couple of shows have been quite long and the next one is going to be a reasonably long one as well, this is going to be a quick canter through a little bit of the usual chatter. So we've got Enablers Corner for you and I have a review of Anne Kingston's Lace Knits to chat to you about today. Other than that, it's going to be a fairly short one. So, I think you probably need a rest after so much uh, chatter. So we'll get a cup of tea and a big, big slice of cake and we will crack on with the show. So first up, I thought we would kick off with a little bit of Enablers Corner. It's just occurred to me that it's getting a little bit windy outside, so you may hear a bit of wind whistling down the fireplace, and if you do, I apologise. I'm trying out a few different locations in the new house to see where it gives the best uh, result in terms of recording and the acoustics, so today I'm in the piano room, which if you joined me on Periscope yesterday, you will have seen. It's a nice room, but there's quite a lot of hard surfaces, so maybe I will try somewhere else next time. But that's got nothing to do with the enabling, so I shall get on with that for you now. So this week in Enablers Corner, I've got a little bit of felt for you, courtesy of Felt Ed. Now, full disclosure, Felt Ed is a company that's run by one of my friends, Sarah Jones, and she has, as well as teaching felt making in school, she's a trained primary school teacher, But as well as teaching felt making in schools and at workshops, uh, she's also decided to launch a club for 2016, the Felt Kit Club. And this looks like the answer to every parent who has an overzealous grandparent who likes to buy plastic toys for their children at Christmas is prayers. Um, And I'm definitely in that camp. Um, It is a kit club of 12 projects and you get one per month and basically it's a full set of um, instructions on how to 
start felt making and how to make various different felt projects. So in the first box, you get um, your basically your, your your gubbins, your kit that you need for doing the felt projects. So you get like a bamboo mat and the bubble wrap and all that kind of palaver that you need to complete all of the subsequent kits, or at least to start you off with that. And um, you get all of the stuff that you need to make the first projects. And then every month thereafter, you get mailed a box with another project inside. Um, I think this is a great idea, um, mostly because, one, I quite fancy having a crack myself. And I reckon it's you could probably get away with this as an adult thing. I don't think they're particularly kiddie projects as such. Um, but the children, they do like doing it because it's sort of hands-on and lots of rubbing and messing and playing. So they tend to be very into felt making and it's something they can do even when they're quite wee like Sam is. Um, he can still do it because it's just rubbing sort of wool to felt it really. And um, I reckon you could definitely get away with it as an adult as well if you wanted to learn felt making, but you've not had the chance or you don't really know where to start or you can't get to a felt making workshop because it's definitely kind of one of those things that you sort of need a bit more kind of guidance to start with I wouldn't be that confident necessarily trying to just go and make something out of felt without someone showing me a bit first and so what do you get in the box well you get your kit and your project for the month and she's done a few little Um, hints and tips sort of previews if you will on what sort of things are going to be in that and um, you get your how-to sheet of of how to do it now don't forget she's a trained teacher so it's not going to be one of these half-arsed this is how you do it but I don't really understand the instructions worksheets it'll be a decent worksheet and um, there's also going to be a video tutorial that you'll get as well so you can all sit and watch it together and then you can make um, your stuff um, as I said, I'm going to pitch this to to Granny as a this is a great way to you know educate the children for Christmas. If you want to get them a Christmas present, it'll come every month, and they'll learn how to make felt. They'll have loads of fun, and you don't need to fill the house with plastic stuff and random toys that they get. You know what they like is they get bored of stuff really quickly, and I think this you know it could be the gift that keeps on giving. So. I think it's worth a try and I think it's it's probably even worth the three kit option because you can get a felt kit for one, for two or for three. Now if I get it for one, they'll fight over it. So that's not happening. Get it for two, that's fine, but I won't have one. Get it for three and everyone's a winner. So uh, if you're in the UK, the cost, well for everyone, um, the cost is 10 99 per month for the first kit. Um, but if you go for the two kit, it's fourteen ninety nine, and if you go for the three, um, it's seventeen ninety nine plus your postage. So probably looking at just over twenty quid a month for the three. Um, or if you're paying full in advance and you get a free month, which is always good. And um, looking at it from a kind of practical kind of and mum point of view, on the weekends you kind of want to do stuff with them that teaches them something, particularly if it's something you're interested in as well. Or is a way of channeling them away from the expensive hand-dyed yarns that they see you liking so much and towards something a little bit more age-appropriate. And um, 
It's a good rainy day activity because let's face it, there's only so much soft play one person can take. And if you go to the soft play, you've dropped 15 quid, even in the north, before you've kind of started. They're only entertained for an hour and they haven't really learned anything. They've just been scrambling around. Um, So I think it's a really good option for a particularly wet weekend entertainment for the Kiddie Winks and um, with the educational aspect as well. You could probably do some activities around if you're dead keen. You could do some activities around the different projects and the themes that are in there. So I think it's definitely worth checking out. I will certainly be... If Granny doesn't buy it, I'll be plumping for it myself. I might just plump for it myself anyway. And I'll probably get it without having to pay postage. And um, and have a go at it. Because it looks, it looks quite cool. I really like the felt pictures that you get um, at different shows and stuff. But it's one of those things where... When you spend so much time knitting and you want to learn everything about knitting, you don't you don't really necessarily want to go and try something new and have to get all the new stuff for it and have to be like a beginner again. Um, but this seems like a really accessible way to pick up quite a, a few tips and um, I'm sure there will be the appropriate progression through the year and all that kind of stuff because it's designed by a proper teacher. And... Um, have a try at it without having to invest too much or to make any kind of costly mistakes to start with. So that is the Felt Ed Kit Club and comes highly recommended with my full endorsement as it is my friend's club, but I think it's a great idea because I have two children who need entertaining and, um, and teaching how to make felt. And I quite fancy a crack myself. You can find everything uh, to do with Felt Ed at www.felt.com hyphen ed.co.uk and there will be sort of more videos and tutorials and things going up on uh, that website sort of as the year goes on as well so go and uh, check them out there's a sign up for a mailing list as well so probably worth getting on if you are interested but the kit is open for sign ups now and if you are in the northwest and fancy a felt making party then i'm pretty sure she'll do that for you as well so that is my uh, enabling to the felt ed kit club 2016 so next up i have a little nudge in the direction of the bead along we cast on for the bead along last night and for those of you that are not aware we are doing a beaded knit along on the podcast to enable all of those of you who fancy having a crack at beaded knitting slash crochet but are a bit frightened uh, to come and give it a shot. Uh, there's still tons of time to join in, it only finishes on the 10th of January and lots of people are doing Cunha by Claire Divine but there are other shawls available uh, that is kind of one of the group shawls. Pick three knitting shawls and one crochet shawl. And some people are doing stuff that aren't any of those patterns, but they are beaded knitting. And that is completely fine as well. Double dipping is good. Finishing all whips is also good and comes with extra brownie points for being totally virtuous. And the hashtag for that is bead along. So if you want to come and join in with a bit of beaded knitting love, then we would... Uh, be delighted to have you over there with us just come over to the group on Ravelry and uh, join in the chatter I'm hoping to put together some um, sort of collections of resources I'm not sure I'll get a chance to write my own necessarily and I don't think it's always necessary to do so if there are good ones already available out there but I'm certainly happy to collate some of those together for those of you who 
want to try different methods of beading or would like more sort of background information about it really we had some really great chat from boo on the last episode about choosing beads which again is is a bit of an art form it's not necessarily just a case of picking a bead and whacking it on there are different things you need to bear in mind uh, when doing so so along with that there'll be um some different methods of actually getting the beads on the knitting and uh, I'll see what other things I can find that I think are particularly clear and helpful for you. So even if you don't want to take part in the bead along right now, then at some point in the future, if you do fancy it, then you'll know that's already available. So come along and join in the beaded fun with us. The only problem with having a bead along, of course, is that whenever I say bead along, um, I think Jeremy Beadle, bead along. Yeah. Anyway, away from Noel's house party and on to the review. So as I promised you earlier, I have a review for you. I was very kindly given a copy of Lace Knits Magical Methods for Openwork Knitting by Anne Kingston, by Anne Kingston herself, at uh, Yarndale. And I am now going to have a a look through this and a review of it for you. Uh, For those of you who are not familiar with Anne, she is a Yorkshire-based knitting designer and has amongst other books um done a variety of different sort of patterns i have a copy of her stranded knits book which is a brilliant source book for anything stranded knitting it's i haven't ever knitted anything out of it and i don't know if i even will i bought it purely for the techniques and it is worth it just for that in my opinion not wanting to cloud the sort of flow of, of, of the review itself beforehand but um, I do like her stuff I've bought her patterns before and I was really pleased to um, be given a copy of this to have a look at and it will be going in much as it pains me because I would rather just keep it myself and um, I will be doing a giveaway with it um, once the Boo Knits giveaway finishes so I will crack on. You will hear a little bit of rustling. I've made some notes, more notes than I normally make. So you will get a little bit of rustling um, as I talk through this. But just imagine you're here with me and you are reading the book. What I will do later in the week is I'll do a little periscope on it so you can have a look at the uh, book as well. And sometimes that helps with uh, obviously visualising the things that I've talked about. I can talk through it again in a different way and answer questions um, on an ongoing basis there. Not that I'm moving towards video, but you know, I'm embracing the scope. So first up, I will read the inside cover for you. As I said, it is Magical Methods for Open Work Knitting, Lace Knits by Anne Kingston. The inside cover reads, though at first sight it appears incredibly complicated, you can soon learn to knit stunning lace with the help of this beautiful book. Anne's step-by-step illustrated tutorials and friendly text Make mastering lace knitting skills simple, satisfying and fun. For speedy results, the pattern collection includes some basic items that make ideal first lace projects, including the netheroid shawl pictured above. And I will talk about the netheroid shawl a little bit later on, um, as I've gone through each of the patterns and I have a couple of thoughts on each of the designs for you. So... um, as with all of Anne's books, it is a bit of a gold mine, gold mine, gold mine even, 
of techniques and there are 45 pages of techniques to start off the book. This is what I love so much about indie published books is that people can afford to take that level of care and detail and attention and include that in the book because you're not scrimping and saving on pages. Um, Isolder is another one who does this really well. Um, but yeah, 45 pages of techniques. And uh, to give you an idea of the sort of techniques that are involved, I will read you a little bit of the content. So you've got centre double decreases, yarn overs, make one front and back, nups, lifelines, what's something people are always curious about, adding beads, hooray, long tail cast on, crochet provisional cast on, which I personally hate, um, Judy's magic cast on, three needle cast off, mock crochet cast off, kitchener, kitchener stitch, magic loop, wrap and turns, applied eye cords, and eye cord buttonholes. So you're going from kind of reasonably basic stuff through to more advanced techniques. Um, and that is one of the strengths of this book, I think. And I will come back to that in my kind of wrap up what I liked and what I didn't like part at the end. There are 16 designs included in the book. And I'll go through them and give you a very quick pricey of what they are and my kind of thoughts around them. First up is Ainley. And this is a really pretty and ornate openwork cardigan with it's basically lace lace all over it's got a lace back panel it's got lace panels on the front and it's got lace on the sleeves very pretty um and very ornate possibly not to my personal style it's a little bit too detailed for me i don't think i would wear it but it is very very nice and if that's the kind of aesthetic you look then i think you will really like it what i did really like though was the colorsly um, Carol, which comes with a matching hat. This is knit in kid silk, and there is loads of mohair in this book in the recommended yarns. So, bang on topic as well. And I'd love to say I planned that. That was not the case. This is just a pure coincidence um, that this book has so many mohair yarns used in it when we've been talking about mohair for the last month. Um, it is a pure coincidence. But the Colesley um, hat, it's knit in kid silk haze. And it's a two colour pleat piece so there's an under layer that's blue and then there's a top layer that is all lace and that's done in white so you can see the blue colouring shining through from below it's super super feminine and wintry and pretty but not so frou-frou that i won't wear it i think it's really pretty um, and it's going to be quite warm as well and uh, lovely lovely that so definitely would go for both the curl and the matching sort of beret tam to go with it then you've got edgerton which is a lace stole quite a substantial lace stole with a uh, feather and fan pattern basically on the stole edges this comes with uh, matching gloves the edgerton gloves pattern they're really dainty almost with a kind of victorian feel to them and um again not sure i would do the stole but the glove the gloves are really pretty really pretty then there is finet the lace weight bolero and this is where it starts to get a little bit more complex it is a slightly more difficult project so as a result it is charted only it's not written and it uses the ziggurat uh, shoulder construction which was kind of invented by um, arsa tricosa um, so it's like an all-in-one 
shoulder construction. So this is a bit more advanced. It's not going to be for your very first beginner. And I probably wouldn't wear this particular garment um, just because of the cut of it, not because it isn't nice. Um, but again, you want in a book like this, you don't necessarily want it all to be super simple. Uh, and again, I'll reattack that point towards the end. Next up we have Gled Holt, which is my favourite. And I think the reason for that is, is it looks very much um, to have the same construction as the Malone sweater, which is swatched for, but still not on the needles, much to my dismay. It is a very neck sweater with, um, the majority of it is stocking stitch, and then around the yoke, it is beaded and lace. And it's it's the kind of two layer idea, again, where you've got the the main colour underneath, and that's just knit in stocking stitch. And then over the top, you have the lace overlay but this one unlike Malon has beads in it and it's done in mohair so it's super fluffy and really pretty as well. Next we have Lascelles which is a lace bodied cardigan and um, the top sort of yoke part of it is uh, all stocking stitch with three buttons and then below that there is a leaf pattern that extends out with a matching uh, leaf pattern sort of panel if you will down the sleeves. Then we have Lindley, which looks like a great kind of beginner project. This is a strappy camisole sort of vest type top with a really simple understated lace detail along the top front, kind of like the top bust line, if you will. It's a really little panel. Rest of it is stocking stitch. So super achievable if you're starting out and you don't want to do too much lace. Um, but you still want to have that kind of effect. It would be brilliant under a cardigan or a top. Um, looks kind of a wearable garment for a, a knitted vest slash camisole. That comes with the matching Lindley headband, which has the same leaf pattern. So this would be a really good way of practicing on a smaller canvas before committing to the bigger Lindley top projects. It's the same pattern in the lace that is along the top of the bust line which I think is quite clever. Then there's the length weight which is the most glorious lace shawl, lace weight, nearly a thousand meters of yarn and it's reminds me quite a bit that it looks fairly similar when you look at it because of the drape and stuff to the fantouche pattern that Kate Davies released, re released recently. It isn't exactly the same by any stretch, but that really kind of large, drapey, big motif, um, kind of tessellated pattern is repeated. Um, the idea of that, certainly not the exact pattern, let's just get it out there <laughs> before anyone gets upset. It's not the same, but that idea of that tessellated repeat pattern is in this, and it's got a um, larger leaf motif towards the edges with a kind of diamond lace pattern in the main body part. So quite quite a large project uh, for your more hardcore lace knitter, I would say. Netheroid, we talked about when I read the um, Blurbay, and that is super simple. Um, not super, super simple, unless you like short rows. I quite like short rows. Don't bother me. Don't see what the problem is. Um, but a lot of people don't. And Netheroid is top down, and it goes into a crescent shape, which is created by using short rows before going into a feather and fan border with a Pico cast off. So that's a really good project, I think, because you're getting that 
shawl construction, you're going to learn short rows, you're going to do the feather and fan, which you see nearly everywhere. Um, so you get a bit of simple lace there as well. And then the Pico cast off. So you've picked up quite a lot of different tips there and techniques in one project, 400 metres of yarn. So in terms of education to um, yarn ratio, I think that's pretty good. Maybe I should patent that, education to yarn ratio. I like that. Made it up um, just now. <laughs> For those of you that know me well, that's a very frequent occurrence. And um, the next to last one we have, not next to last one, sorry, um, just on this page it is. Rhymewood is um, a mostly stocking stitch cardigan with um, a really pretty lace panel down either side of the front. Um, it's knitting worsted weight. This is another one of my favourites. I could totally see me knitting and wearing this. And very similar to the windswept sort of sweater look where down the middle you have the kind of that pretty lace pattern. Um, that kind of aesthetic is repeated in this, but it is a cardigan and not a sweater. So super nice that one, definitely would do that one. Then there's the slate weight socks, which are knee length um, with like matching panels at the front and back, which look really fun and really interesting kind of model um, photographs for those. They look really cool. Can't really see me necessarily wearing them, um, but it's not because they're not nice, just because that's not what I wear. Onto my next notes over the page, we have the Springwood jumper, which is in four ply. Again, mostly stocking stitch, um, which is good for those of you who are just getting into uh, garments or like a less fussy garment. It's got three quarter length sleeves with leaf motifs at the hem of the body and at the hem of the sleeves. Again, although it is a very simple kind of looking garment, it uses a ziggurat method. So if that's something that you want to learn, this kind of seamless shoulder method, um, a good choice because it allows you to concentrate on doing that method without having super complicated knitting all around it. And the last one we have is the Wessenden uh, shawl, which is like a, sh a heart-shaped shawl. Uh, super, super lacy. It's full of knobs. Uh, it's in kid silk case, so I think that's probably one of those for the more... What's the word I'm looking for? More seasoned lace knitter. Although it won't stop you. If you want to do it, you'll be able to do it. My first ever lace project had nups in it and I was fine. Um, so you can do it if you want to, but possibly try something a little bit easier first. Um, so that is the patterns that are included in this. So there's a good mix of garments, accessories um, of all kinds for you to have a crack at. What do I think is good about this book? Um, loads of techniques. You've got a really brilliant um, technique section, 45 pages, covers every technique you're going to use in the book and really clear, really easy to follow. And I find following picture one tutorials hard because you're missing the transitions in between them and it annoys me having to figure out what they've done particularly if they've drawn, but with her ones um, in this book, you don't feel like, sometimes you feel like you've got a missing piece. It doesn't feel like that with this. It's quite obvious what you need to do. Um, each pattern seems really carefully designed to enable you to learn the most techniques in an accessible way. So like I mentioned in um, the, what shawl was he called again? Let me flip over the netheroid shawl. 
There's, it just looks like a dead simple shawl with a feather and fan border, but actually when you break it down, the number of techniques you're using in that one shawl means that you can pick up skills really quickly, but yet it's still massively accessible and it doesn't... You don't look at it and think, oh, I can never knit that. Look how complicated that is. It looks really, like I say, accessible and quite easy to achieve, which I really like because I'm all about enabling people to learn things and I don't like it when... A pattern will make something seem harder than it actually is because none of knitting is hard. You just need to be patient and get the right kind of instruction to start with. It's only one stitch at a time. And I don't like this whole mystery thing about, you know, knitting It's really hard, steaking's really hard, this is really hard, that's really hard. It's not. You just need to find the right person to show you how to do it or the right patterns to inspire you to try it. So... I think that is particularly strong in this book and not a feeling you get from every book that you buy. Quite often you'll get a book and you'll buy it for the aesthetic or a few particular patterns and they'll put in techniques as more of an afterthought and that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. It feels more to me like you're being taught in this book that yes, you've got the patterns, but you've also got a very specifically planned and thought out method of teaching techniques in with that which is a particular strength of this one and i like that there is a good range of patterns from easy to advanced so even if you're a fairly seasoned lace knitter there's going to be something new for you to try in this book and there's going to be something challenging and if you're new there are accessible patterns but because of the way that they've been structured you would feel like, oh, I could go try that one next. Oh, I've learned all the skills for this one. I could try that one next, which is really good. And I like to see a nice progression in a book like that. It just makes it feel like a... As someone who's trained as a teacher, I really appreciate that. So, bad. Bad things. And I found it really hard to find something that was bad, to be honest. And I like to find things that I don't like too much, in case that's something you guys don't like too much as well. And it was, it was really hard. As you can tell, I've like looked at the patterns, I've gone into it, I've studied it a bit, I've analysed it a bit. And really the only thing I would come up with is that I just wouldn't knit all of the patterns. Um, some of them just wouldn't suit me. Some of them are a little bit too frou-frou for me. Um, that's just my personal aesthetic, my personal taste. And I know a lot of other people would totally knit them. It's not because they are in any way horrible. <laughs> it's just... Um, purely an aesthetic thing and and that is all that I would maybe do differently um the rest of it I absolutely love I love the way she writes patterns I love the way the little decodes are at the bottom so you know what size you are and the sizing goes from tiny to like 58 inch I mean what more could you want really it's it's all in there so would I buy this myself absolutely and I'm going to because I'm giving this copy away it is available and it is priced at £20 including postage for UK deliveries and £25 including postage for international delivery. So spend that all day long on this book. It's, I pay twice, pay twice as much for that because um, it, it would be worth it, certainly. So I will be adding this to my Anne Kingston collection in my knitting room. Uh, library along with Stranded Knits and um, I really think you should too. You can get the book at uh, Anne's website which is www.annekingston.com she says. It is .com 
and um, she can buy direct from her there along with her other titles and as I say Stranded Knits is certainly worth a look um, but it was out of print um, last I heard I think she was getting a new print run but I'm not 100% sure on that so get the latest knits for now get on to Stranded Knits after that's my recommendation so that was my review of uh, Lace Knits Magical Methods for Open Work Knitting by Anne Kingston So I am afraid that's all we have time for this week because um, I have evil plans and clever tricks uh, to be getting on with along with a bit of beaded knitting. I'm doing a lot of planning for next year as those of you who are on the mailing list will know and you can come and join my mailing list. I'll put a link in the show notes and it's going to be quite fun. I've got plans for more kind of meetups now that I'm back in a civilised area. For some podcast swag, there's plans for the Shiny Bees yarn. They're coming very, very soon. If you want to be the first to hear about that, then you need to be on the mailing list. And that, that planning for that is at an advanced stage. And there'll probably be some kind of knit along around that coming in January to ward off the cold, miserable January months. There will be all sorts of cool things coming that I can't quite tell you about just yet. So... If you want to be one of the first to hear about it, well, the first to hear about it, um, get on the mailing list. And um, I'm looking forward to bringing you all sorts of cool content. Thank you to all of you that have filled in the um, Shiny Bees listener survey. I couldn't think of the word then. I kept thinking review, but it wasn't a review. But it's kind of a review, I guess. It's a listener survey. And I will be drawing some prizes for that soon and everyone that takes part is going to get a discount code for the swag when the swag arrives so there you go thank you very much to all of you that have taken part in that and of course if you would like the discount code for the swag and the chance to win one of my amazing prizes including a copy of uh, carol feller's designs for uh, scrumptious scrumptious knits fiber spades amongst other things um head on over to the link in the show notes i'll put that in it's a google forms it'll take you about maybe five to ten minutes and let me know what you think And I can include that in my planning for next year because I've got loads of ideas now for what kind of content you want, what you want to learn about, what you want more of, what you want less of, Um, which means I can just, I can make that happen for you because I'm not a mind reader and now I know um, it'll make my life much easier and you'll all be happy. So everyone's a winner, really. And just one last thing before I go, because... I got some emails back after I sent my, my first e- proper podcast email newsletter out, which excited me greatly. I've been sending email newsletters for myself and other people for ages, but never a podcast one. So it was very exciting. But I got a lovely email um, from Susie Bass, who said, Please can there be more mohair on the podcast, as my husband will not let me have an Angora goat. I am going to have to make do with the yarn. I vote for a mohair revival campaign. Yes, indeed, Susie, there can. I recommend getting rid of the husband if he's not going to let you get a goat. That would be my answer. But in the event that you actually want to keep him around, um, there will be some more mohair next week. And uh, lovely Alice, who was in episode 69, will be back to talk about all things Yarny and business and what it's like to run Whistlebear Farm. And sure, you're going to enjoy that. Uh, she was great fun answering the questions and she was even more fun in the interview. So that will be coming to you next Tuesday. But until then that's all we've got time for. So I I hope you will all have a wonderful week. Happy crafting and I'll speak to you all again soon. Bye.
You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can do so via the blog, or I'm Shiny Bees on Ravelry, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and Facebook. You can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com. Music for this episode is provided by Music Alley, and it is Adam and the Water Boys, and I need a drink. I need a drink. <laughs>